Hello, 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 and welcome to Bitches with Beards. And on today's episode, we put a spell on you. And now you're mine. We're the podcast that attempts to break down the culture with the elegance of three coastal witches. <laughs> but in truth, we're just a couple of bitches with beards. I think you mean witches with beards. Ah. Ah. I'm Max. And I'm Daniel. And we both have opinions. So let's get this party started. Cheers, sister. Cheers, sister. Mmm. So we're taking a little break from the norm this week. Max's parents, I say that in the third person, my parents are in town. I do believe either last week's episode or next week's episode, you'll hear them. Yes. But so we are going to fly off in a different direction. (laughs) Are you going to be on a vacuum cleaner? I think that was so genius. (laughs) And let's be honest, that poster... Mm-hmm. Was iconic. It was. So we are we are going to take a little break and we're going to break down the gayest the film that literally made a generation of children gay. I mean, I'm queer because of it. What film are we doing? Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Pocus. So this film is absolutely iconic. Yes, and it's now thirty years old. It's. Well, I saw it when I was nine, so it must only be 19 years old. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, you've got the serum, don't the you? Serum, yes. That, well, Death Becomes Us, the other film. My oh, God, yeah. talk about gay films. Yes. That's, that's lesbian energy. <laughs> totally, yes. So, yeah, we're going to do... Today, we thought we, as a Halloween treat, we're going to break down Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, yes. Daniel, yes. what are your earliest memories of Hocus Pocus? I remember that this was a film that my dad was just like, you go ahead and watch it. Like, I love it. You watch it. It's got that meddler in it. It's fine. Watch it. Like, I... Anytime it'd come on television, he'd be like, I'm okay with you watching this. Because normally he'd be like, uh, it might not be age-appropriate or anything like that. But this one, he was like, go for it. But it came out in summer. Yes. Yes. It came out, I think, July, maybe? Yes. Was, so was, why do they release these films I whatever the Disney executives came up with I'm not sure I wonder if they thought it was going to have some build up into the Halloween season maybe but it's so but that's not build up because build up in the film industry is a couple of weeks yeah well fair So for those of you that are listening going, what is Hocus Pocus? <laughs> Hocus Pocus is a movie in which three witches who were hanged after crimes against children yes. during the Salem Witch Trials that era, yeah. are resurrected uh-huh. and try to capture all the children again in order to reclaim their youth. That is, I feel the best. I just off the top of my head. They want to be forever young. The forever young. And whereas most straight kids would side with the character Max the uh, lovely uh, Alison who still looks the same right now she does indeed and uh, Danny mm-hmm. we had a trio of iconic women mm-hmm. who every gay guy just went I want to be Winifred <laughs> <laughs> I want to be her <laughs> and then it was a pre-sex necessity Sarah Jessica Parker right who was a huge actress. Yeah. People don't realise how big she was. Oh, yeah. So, Al, um, uh, we have two dogs. Actually, I think you're going to be a couple of weeks after this, but we have, obviously everyone knows now, we have Deaf Dog, who's on her bed, Rory, but Bug, 
is our lovely Staffordshireville Terrier, who's new to our family. He's now tippy-tapping around, because apparently that's what he does. But he has his new Grogu collar on him, and he loves it. And he just loves all the scratches. Yes. And Kathy Najimi, who has a career now... So Bug is also very unspatially aware, so he gets into places. But Bug, you have to go out there. <laughs> You're going to be a teddy bear first. Yeah. But um, Kathy Najimi was, she's big again now. Yes. She has, and she was in because Veep. She was in Veep. She was in yeah, Veep. Veep. Yeah. That was sort of relaunched. Her, not say relaunched. Yeah. She she has these troughs. Troughs. Ups, ups and downs. Up because and down. she's such a character actress, there's usually only a space for her every so often. Yeah. And and she, but this was this was her peak yeah, period because this was uh, right before, or right after Sister Act. I think it was during during yeah. Because did you know Sister Act was written for Bette Midler? I did know that. Yeah. So and this is kind of interesting in that. Bug. So I love my bug, but he is buggy booze. Do you want to go? Up? Do you want to go? Up? Do you want to go through? Uncle Daniel's going to let you out. Come on. Bug. There we go, buggy boy. We call him Bug because he looks like a, um, he's a, he's a love bug. He's not, it's not a mean thing. It's just he's so cute. So this was this period of the nine. There was this Pacific. Pacific. Mm. There was a specific Pacific. period of the 90s with this style of, of comedy film. Yes. And, and yeah, Kathy Najimi was in a lot of um, um, Bette Midler was in uh, so much she Bette Midler kind of this was her peak and then she sunk into a role I like to call Grand Dame where she literally turns up on screen for two minutes makes everyone laugh um, have you seen Stepford Wives with Nicole Kidman yes uh, and I'll put a, a pine cone on the end of my vibrator and have a very merry Christmas <laughs> and what will you do with your pine cones I'll just spell Big Jew in the front yard um, I love her in that film right <laughs> And everyone forgets how cool she is. I'll just spell Big Jew. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten that one. Yeah. That film is not... It actually... I, do you know what? I think... I'm not going to get too far away from um, Pocus Pocus. Stepford Wives might be a real good... Let's rewatch it and see how gay this film is and does it need to be absorbed into the gay lexicon. Yeah. I, I feel like it's sort of a sleeper. Because you know Miss Piggy directed it. Miss who? Frank, Frank Oz directed it. Oh, yeah. I didn't realise that. So directed by Miss Piggy. Oh. <laughs> and Fozzie Bear. Walla walla. No, um, but no, so this was this period, so Hocus Pocus, going back to this, was this period, uh, Bette Midler, apparently it's her favourite role she's ever done. Mm, yeah. She was a huge advocate for the sequel that came out, mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the name of the sequel? Oh, two. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, yeah. I didn't realise uh, that. And when it came out, it wasn't, I don't think it was a big hit. No. No, it, it, I think... It was it, a moderate... It was it, it, just, it, it earned its money. I think it immediately went to, like, television the next season. Mm. You know, the next Halloween, it was on. But then it really was, like, like Patty Bette Midler, Dodd playing Winifred. Mm-hmm. The rumour was that... Well, the rumour, actually, has been said, is that uh, Sarah Jessica Parker endowed her harnesses so much... Uh, she found them quite comfy mm. that she used to put magazines into her costumes so when they took a break she would stay up in her room and just read oh well there you go and then <laughs> and for the sequel doing trivia about don't want to leave anyone out yeah. uh, the lovely Mary uh, oh. Caffeine and Jamie she has a crooked smile mm-hmm. and apparently over 20-30 years it 
she couldn't do it on that side so there's a bit in the sequel where she slaps her face and they move her it moves ah. and it's because she could only do that smile on the other side of her face yeah. but she didn't want it to just check she didn't want it to be like a oh an error they they wrote it in that, that's very that's very neat that they did that very yeah. yeah continuity my only other trivia for this film uh-huh. is the rock set trivia i knew you're gonna say this and you introduced me to this Oh, I want to say years so ago, I'm a huge actually. fan of this band Roxette. If you haven't heard them, they did um, Pretty Woman's "It Must Be Love." Mm-hmm. They are iconic, but there is a song of theirs for the Super Mario Brothers right. called "Almost Unreal." Mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers, the movie. This is the original, not the new one at Broke or Box Office Records. This is the original with Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper, and the lovely who played the Aunt Petunia in Harry Potter. Oh, she plays a qu- um, Dennis Hopper's wife in it. Oh, I'm blanking her name. Uh, Fenella. Uh, yes, but she. Fiona Shaw. Fiona Shaw. Yeah, thank you. Oh, cheers to you with our lovely four tunnel <laughs> drinks, which we'll explain in a minute. Yeah. And they wrote this song called "Almost Unreal," and it got moved over to Super Mario Brothers, which pisses me off because actually, the Super Mario Brothers film is such a mess. I fucking adore it. Uh-huh. But the line is, "You do this hocus pocus to me." Right. Calling the title no, of the movie it's and supposed it to be. It yeah. was written for the end of Hocus Pocus. Yeah. And they moved it for some reason. And I it what upsets me is I love Hocus Pocus, I love Bette Midler. But the fact that my favourite band and they um, and Roxette are my favourite one of my favourite bands of all time, they could have that would have been such a holy trinity moment. It would have been a nice old book yet. But anyway, as we before we kind of move on, Daniel, yes. what did you because we are at Midday, we went to start 11, but well, there was there was shenanigans last night that had to be decompressed on. And there, there was dramatique, as you know, with us. Uh, anyways, uh, so we're doing something very simple. We are doing a nice little apple cider mimosa. It's fall. All you do is like one shot of apple cider, two shots of orange juice, five shots of champagne, you know. It's really good. Where did you see Hocus Pocus for the first time? So I saw it on ABC television. Nice. It was um, one of their Thursday night movies. And like I said, Dad was like, yeah, you can go ahead and watch this. And I'm like, okay. So why did... <laughs> so my, so my, hand, my hand in emotion there. Why did you not see it at the cinema? Uh, because I think I was four at the time that this came out. <laughs> so you were young. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was one of these... I My first film that I saw in the cinema was The Lion King, and I remember that quite well. So this was the year before Lion King. Lion King, okay. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't to do with the fact that it just didn't appeal. No, it, was, it had nothing to do with that. It was just like, I was too young to be in the cinema. So I remember the poster. Yeah. Um, I So when it came out, so you were four, so what year did it come out? Why, well, I, I, this is how 93, much... 93. 93, so yeah. I was eight. So I'd oh. seen Jurassic Park in the cinema. Mm-hmm. And I... So Jurassic... So I was still going to cinema with my mum uh-huh. at the time because my first film solo with my brother was... Do you want to guess? Power Rangers. Power Rangers! Because my mum eventually... My mum is such a protective, wonderful, loving woman... And she's like, 
Barry just broke her and she just went, no. I'm not going to watch this film. And she knew She's like, I love you, but I can't do that. She knew there was no choice that we had to see Power Rangers. So we went to the UCI in Sutton, uh, in South London, which is where Brett Goldstein saw his first movie. Ah. Um, yeah, because I thought Brett Goldstein. Um, <laughs> and uh, she... The, and that was at the time that you could kind of, like... they It was also, like... I hear about the pre-9-11 days of flying internally in the United States you walk yeah. up to the gate oh, yeah, yeah. so my mum was like she bought us tickets and because it was a everyone you parents just was shit it's not that film is amazing um, <laughs> there was a face wasn't there yeah, there was a face, face. <laughs> me and cats and Power Rangers but my mum was able to walk us up to like they, the lady's like no you can take your sons up there she yeah. goes I know you're not going to watch that film <laughs> and you see I, was, I know you're not going to and it was connected to a shopping centre a mall so my mum went and shopped for an hour and a half oh, and she was like but afterwards like you do not leave the cinema and she pointed I think at a poster and went we're going to meet there <laughs> that poster that 90 minutes and that's uh-huh. all and it was really and it was I it was I, I loved it it was such but so but I remember at the, the UCI there was a poster focus focus I think at the time it was the sort of the joke of the witches on the the vacuum cleaner right. which later on was done mainly by uh, Sabrina the teenage yes. witch she yeah. also did the uh, vacuum. the vacuum and in the new movie it was the Roombas mm. yeah yes it was. it was but no I do I do remember like it coming out but we in England we didn't have Halloween back then we had Halloween we knew what Halloween was and there was costumes in the shops mm-hmm. and you buy at the most like vampire fangs sort of thing you yeah. know and so it wasn't we didn't trickle tree we didn't mm-hmm. uh, you know that was that was not, so it was a bit of a so to do that in summer it was such a missed opportunity yeah I, I feel like they should have waited a few more weeks for us and I remember Halloween wasn't as big as what it is now here. Like, I remember it was a lot of, oh, here's, like, you go and you get this costume from the store and it's a plastic costume and you either pass out candy or, you know, you are going to, like, a set of, like, five houses. Like, that's, you know. Yeah, I so we never, we knew of Mm trick-or-treating and we never did it. Mm -hmm. So... And now apparently it is again. I think in England it's still very contained, but they yeah. do do it. Like you, you and mum and dad now say they have ca- the, the candy. They'll be out here for what well, they are going to be out here yeah. for yeah. Halloween. But no, that is a, it, it, it. It kind of never had that cultural moment. Yeah. So, and but I think so. But I think though that our generation, because we we took it with us. And we embraced it and made it into something completely different. Like it's, uh, and that's why special. Halloween is still big because yeah. it was your. I say, I say ours. It was actually your generation. Yeah. I'm not saying you're, you're, you're much younger than me, yeah. but as an American, mm, yes, you 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 kept going with Halloween and bigger, and the bigger, bigger and, and the films got big and the films yeah. that people like to watch and so like Hocus like, Pocus, like Mean Girls, like, Mean Girls. Yes, yeah. I'm a mouse. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it is lovely. But this film when you watch it now and as someone who has such strong and loving memories of fall because I met my we're filming this a week before the anniversary of meeting my husband but like Boston in fall and all that because I went to Salem about because I went to Salem a week before I met him Mm. yeah um, and we didn't get into the House of the Grey Gables and all that. You know, that's the Seven one, Gables, yeah. Seven Gables, yeah. Hawthorne, yeah. Uh, but you couldn't get anywhere near that because it was, the line was so big. Oh, you know, I, I can see that. Yeah. I've, there's a photo of me next to the the uh, statue of Samantha. Oh, yeah. yeah there you go. And it's, and, and, but then at the same time, is that 
like Salem is beautiful. It's known for the Salem witch trials, which were bullshit. There's nothing to do with witches. It right. was it was economics. There's a that podcast you got me listening to. Unobscured. Unobscured. The no. season one. The the they did two good seasons, and yeah. then that guy Robert Menke. I love him. He sounds so cute, but my god, he went off on one. But <laughs> the, when you listen to that one, and we went on this beautiful day, it was very similar to this. The mm. water was just. Oh, it was so gorgeous, and you know, it, there's that rustle in the air and crisp coolness. Yes, I think if you add one word, it was crisp. But Salem, and you could tell, and I had such a so seeing now. I've put this movie back in context because I first watched it when uh, end of year in I think it was Christmas. The next year, mm. they showed it at school. They put the movie on, you know, on like we oh, yeah. go into the into the, the hall and we watch the movie. Uh-huh. And then my mum had had it. I think my mum had recorded it off the television, mm. and she said, "Oh, you guys never wanted to watch it." And we were like, "Well, we didn't know what you know, like you know, <laughs> we didn't know what no, it was." <laughs> Whereas my mum was always doing stuff like that. She was really lovely like that. And uh-huh. she she was going, "I told you you'd want to watch this." <laughs> Clueless was the other one, oh, and then she was surprised I was gay. You know. <laughs> Lynn. <laughs> but no that was it so I then I then I came out here and it was like a huge thing like I, I I didn't watch it until I came back so I was about 15 at least 20 years until I watched it again it has a cult following here which is why we're talking about it <laughs> and I think maybe we should start talking about I it I think here. so so should we top up yes, so we're going to take up. a break and top up and then we're going to go back into Hocus Pocus Daniel, yes. can you do me a favour? Yes. Cast some hocus pocus on me. Ooh. A brew. A brew. A ha Hocus pocus. Hocus. Do you want to begin? Sure. So, Max, I need you to think back. Picture it, New England, 1660s. I was barely a teenager. <laughs> well, there were no televisions, there were no iPhones. You could sleep till mid morning, and shoes were apparently optional. <laughs> What? You're, you're I'm not going to say something to that. <laughs> Thackeray Binks, um, <laughs> how many times have you watched this film and everyone gone, wait, his name's Thackeray? I thought it was Zachary. Every single time I'm like, Thackeray? Thackeray. Awakes to find his sister Emily has been kidnapped by the Sanderson sisters. He awakes so late, his voice is different right. <laughs> and sounds badly dubbed. <laughs> right. Uh, they are outcast witches just on the other side of the Cranberry Bog, which is also named for Daniel's arsehole. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, against his better judgment, or rather mine, he runs barefoot all the way to their quaint cabin. I love his fall. You know when he rolls down that hill? Yeah, I was like, really, kid? Balance. But peeking into the hovel, and also I loved how he rode up the... Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that. Will, yeah, yeah. Peeking into the hovel, we see... The Rose, Sister Mary Clarence, and Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, wait, that's the wrong cinematic universe. Or is it? They could all be ancestors. Oh, oh, I didn't think of Daniel, that. Daniel, can you try that one again for me? Trying that again. We meet Winifred, played by Bette Midler, Mary, played by Catherine and Jimmy, and Sarah, played by Sarah Jessica Parker. Thank you for not changing her name. <laughs> all I'm saying is, when you, back then, that would be like a, oh, I guess that's, a, a good lot of actresses and now it's just like they are our holy trinity of gay community <laughs> they, they're everything they've made a potion that sucks Emily's life force while making them young and suddenly we realise how Carrie kept on to big <laughs> well that and she has some dirt on him okay this opening sequence 
is so questionable. The issue, and and this is something that I have found a lot, especially in nineties movies. Mm-hmm. We're gonna say outright, I love this film, and it hits its stride after this. Yes, but every nineties movie like this always made you feel like you'd miss something. You were halfway through the story. Yeah. Always halfway through the story, and it's like, what? How, how did we get to this point? It never... And, and and so the thing is, Thackeray wakes up, and it looks like it's the middle of the day. Yeah. Which we're not sure kind of it is. And to be honest, if they had started it with just him... Like Emily going, Thackeray, mm-hmm. come out and play with me. Yeah. And him going, no, Emily, I need some sleep. That, there's one it, line. It would have helped just a little bit. And they have this glorified extra as Emily. Uh-huh. Who, I, there's no, the, the film should have actually started with Emily playing. Thackeray, mm. I want to go and play in a meadow. No, no, I'm sleeping mm-hmm. and that that would have completely changed it yeah but instead it was just he wakes up she's gone but also ah. the Sanders and sisters like live really really nearby very nearby. nearby and no one's kind of warned that these women are stealing children it's all very suspicious it's suspicious but it's just I, I don't know I just think that I'm not trying to overthink a kid's film, but I'm... But you're overthinking a kid's film. Yeah. I'm just a huge proponent of someone that always feels that one line could change everything. It solves a plot hole. And yeah. There's a huge plot hole with that one, yeah. And I don't get, like, so you've got this one girl that's you've never met is running off with someone that everyone, people have so much suspicion about. Yeah. Like, and Like, where's the drama? Where's yeah, the tension? How did she? How did she walk into this village... Or, or you see Emily, like, playing in the meadow, and then you see Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker, like, do you want to play with Because you get the impression she just walked up to the house and stole her. And exactly. Like, but that, that's it. This is, I think, the only sort of bit. This, and, and again, we, we, we are working on a, another project where we have an issue where the opening scene makes you feel like you've missed something. Yeah. And that's the weirdest thing about this this film. Yeah, it's very much that. But I would like to give them props on the fact there was a very low budget and how they did the flying was they put a very rough shadow over the forest. Oh, yeah. And that's actually very cleverly You get the hint, the illusion, that you're a little bit below whatever is flying, yes. Thackeray attempts to pronounce a Z. (laughs) (laughs) Thackeray attempts to rescue his sister, but is unsuccessful. Help arrives in the form of the town, but not before Thackeray Binks is cursed into the form of a cat, and the sisters are led to the gallows, vowing to one day come back when a virgin lights the black candle. Daniel was led the black candle many times, and still Bette Midler does not come to us, so that ma- that shows how much of a whore he is. Well, there we go. <laughs> no, so I'm not denying it. <laughs> this is when it picked up. I, I, this bit is also... The film is directed by a choreographer, which mm-hmm. is so evident in the way that they move. The, the systematic. The system they sway. Yeah. And I think that that actually... And also, I, I generally think that... I don't think Bette Midler's a diva. Mm-hmm. I think she's uh, very professional, but I 
think she really gave in to the director on this and there's all three of them had this movement mm -hmm. and I love this scene I've, I don't know I the only thing again about it is that I don't Emily was not an actress no and it was like just sit in this chair just sit in this chair child pretend you're glowing glowing and, in, and they're like <gasps> but the whole like Again, try not to overthink it, but the bit throw the blanket over the dead girl. Right. <laughs> we'll hide her. There's a figure that looks like a child but, in a chair, but, but it's it, not her. But, but if you pull it to go pee, or she you know, gaze might. Yeah. But you're like Wait, there's a dead child in the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, are we not gonna talk about the dead child? No, not the way dead child. And they're like, where that's the only bit is just like they actually kill a child to stay young. Yes. This film starts really on a low point. We're young. We're beautiful. Well, young guy. <laughs> Which I love that line. <laughs> Men will love me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is just, it's just that bit. It's like, there is a dead young child yeah. in a room. You know... <laughs> Lucy it's, Lucy it's, Letby's like I've got this don't worry <laughs> don't worry magic it was insulin um, magic dear magic <laughs> hearing this story we meet new kid from California Max as he derives the New England tale however his crush Allison is fully ensconced in the story Max goes home from the graveyard only to have his shoes stolen by the school bullies arriving back home shoeless Max is forced to take his younger sister Danny trick or treating so much to break down in this bit. So much, and I just want to start with, this was the trope for every single Disney movie from the mid-90s that was on the Disney Channel of The New Kid Comes to Town and The Adventure Starts. Like, literally, that's how they all started. Well, I'm going to be begin by saying I knew it was fantasy because that teacher makes the raddest joke and everyone in that fucking class laughs. Well, uh, it's fantasy right there. So, I'm going to actually ask you a question, Daniel. Uh-huh. How we are led to believe... Uh-huh. That this is the story being recapped by said teacher. Uh-huh. Miss Old Lady. Yeah. How much is she recapped to them? Because she goes, no one knows whatever became of poor Thackeray Banks. So, uh -huh. but the way that it's directed is that she's telling the story, but what is the, what is the actual Sanderson sister story? Sanderson sister story is that they found that they, they found a dead girl in their house mm -hmm. and they were killed because if Led she if she knew that mm -hmm. that had been turned into a cat. cat see that's what I'm saying is yeah. what, what details what details is in that is the official sentence assistant Salem story I mean it's probably they discovered a child they were hung Thackeray was never found yeah okay there we go that, that's probably the official story I want to talk about the other 90s trope yes Alison's immaculate hair oh that hair is it's the perfect that perfect level of blonde highlight it's silky glossy serums up to the eyeballs straight, straight. she hasn't changed actually the actress no she hasn't at all like she really is still so beautiful she got in on that serum yeah she got <laughs> on in it but she I don't know I has she had much of her career um I think she's had a few things yeah, yeah, yeah. but she really then just looked so 
so so so so so so adorable uh-huh. then we have the bullies oh yes which I don't get why he stops just keep driving really you're on a bike you can out pedal them like pedal faster so the skinny bully the twink uh-huh. just annoys me but is it the other one Ice yes yes he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh-huh. he was Larry in that he was um, in they suspect him to be a werewolf and when he was confronted by it they go we know what you got to at night and he goes yeah I'm gay I, no one knows it um, oh. He was a bully in it. He was a bully for the first two seasons. Then they softened him, and then he died in the season finale of episode season three, when they, the mayor became a huge demon, and he was like one of the leaders of the campaign against it. And there's a bit where his the tail hits him, and I felt they should never have killed him off. That's oh. just me. But no, that's Larry Bagby Jr. who was kind of berry back then, and I'm just like, hey girl, can <laughs> we get you some snaps? Um, but no, that. that yeah, I think this film is very 90s for a long time. Yes. I do think, though, they filmed it in Salem. I do think so. They, I think they actually were filming it on location. Because it looked like a studio for a bit. Yeah. The other thing is, so he finds out mm-hmm. that he has to take his sister um, trick-or-treating. So he storms. So he's moved. They've moved to a new town. They've moved from California. I get it. It must be cold. He goes into this bedroom, and every gay guy goes into Zillow mode at this point in time and goes, "You're miserable because you have a bedroom with two stories in it." Right. You have that a cupola. bedroom. <laughs> you Mar- have a stairwell. In Martha, it. He has a stair. Martha Stewart and Nina Garner are fighting over that stairwell. Right, and it's a real house. It's a real house. I would kill to be in that house. I know. Same. He, he, he strops about his new life by storming up to the second story of his bedroom. <laughs> Playing his drums. Wasn't it the drums? Yes, the drums. That was also the other one. So he has a drum set. So he had yeah. to have bought that. So he had to have bought that drum set. His parents hate him, but they love him enough to buy him a drum set. Right. I, I know parents that will fawn over their children mm-hmm. and still not buy him a drum set. Right. So he goes on his drum set and he goes up to the second story. He's pouting. But then he does this stupid thing where he goes onto his bed and goes, Oh, Alison. <laughs> oh, God. And you're like, Oh, it's, yeah. It's like, oh. That was don't. sort of like, how do you think kids masturbate? And someone <laughs> goes, I think you just say the name of the high school girlfriend loudly while hugging a pillow. <laughs> and it's like, okay. It's the cringe. Can we stop getting our interns from the Mormons? It is so cringy. It, it, that is a cringe moment. It is very much a cringe moment. Not gonna lie. Also, how long was Danny in the closet for? <laughs> <laughs> but she was hidden in there. Oh, she so she had to like stalked it out and have been there since before he got home from school. So yesterday though, I uh, spoke to you about Chekhov's gun. Yes. So I'm a film student, uh, and 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 the thing of Chekhov's gun is the whole idea that yeah, if you mention a gun in the first, act, it should go off in the third. Yeah. Danny in the closet looking through the, the slats. The reason that doesn't work is there's no threat. That's a payoff to no gun being told about. Mm-hmm. They should that would have worked a bit better had they created a sense of him being watched two scenes previously. Oh, but because also yeah. the bullies attacking the season scene before that eliminates the sense of any threat. Now you've you've weakened that. Yeah. So I know I'm over analyzing this, but these are little tiny things that can really strengthen a film. Again, this is a cult classic okay. for a reason. It was not groundbreaking. <laughs> anyway, Max has got his degree. Uh-huh. 
and my service dog. Uh, I love them stories. Uh, and so Daniel's going to continue the story. All right. So Danny goes as a witch, but Max is too cool to really dress up. They stumble into Allison's home where an unfortunate, inappropriately yarboos comment was made. And for those who don't know, in the 90s, that was 90s for boobs. Yep. This trio decide to go to the Sanderson House Museum looking at the cobwebs, the cauldrons, book, and of course the infamous black candle. She volunteers and she has a set of keys. Well, her mom volunteers. That's it. Also, is this like... Again, it's like... it's it, The thing that... Again, in this one, and I I know I, I, I'm overthinking, uh-huh. but you are a historian. Yes. Can you imagine if they think they had the spell book of these witches, it being just in a bit of glass in this dusty house? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. It would be in a secure book, or, sorry, a secure, like, safe of some sort that is censored, like, Studies, locked study, away, yeah. you know, not with any light coming in to make sure it doesn't disintegrate or anything like that. There's an entire historic preservation issue with this thing so I've never trick-or-treated uh-huh if you were trick-or-treating mm-hmm. and you saw the house was open uh-huh would you have gone into it um so if the house was open I would assume that there is some sort of party going on yeah. which was um it's still customary to like knock. knock they did knock didn't they but would you still kind of walk in no I, I think it'd be against my better judgment to yeah. walk in I'd be like I'm not supposed to be here I have a bit of film trivia, though, for you for this scene. I love this bit of film trivia. So the dress that she is wearing is the same dress that Michelle Pfeiffer wore in Dangerous Liaisons. I love that film. It's a remake of Cool Intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love... I No, that is, I love it because we're going to have another little bit of trivia later on, which is iconic for the 90s. Okay. But that's a real cute bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Yeah. And Alison's there, and she's smiling down. Yep. She adores him. She clearly is, like, she crushing over his tie-dye California ways. Oh, California. Oh, California. Now, I saw you put something up. Mm-hmm. Danny's costume, she wears the colours. In the in the sequel, Yes. Hannah Waddingham plays the witch that blessed Kirsten with their powers. Mm-hmm. And Danny's, you said Danny's colours match Hannah Waddingham's colours. Yes. So it was an homage back to Danny's outfit is that it actually matches it with the blacks and the reds and the yellows and yeah. the oranges. Yeah. Which I, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. A virgin lights a black candle when Max places a lighter on the wick and the sisters are indeed true to their words and arise again. <laughs> the trio of modern day children deftly escape using a lighter and the power of a fire suppression system. The children run into a graveyard because why not? That's the safest place to be. Only to come face to face with Winifred's former lover, now zombie, Billy. Oh, and they meet Binks, finally, who is very much a talking cat and quasi-guardian angel for the uh, group. One of the, I think, Bet is a huge animal rights advocate. That's mm-hmm. why they use a CGI cat. Uh-huh. I know I shit on special effects. Uh-huh. That's a good cat. Oh, yeah. It it's looks qu- like a cat. It's quite well done. For what, in places, feels like a backlot movie... You have in the middle of it actually a really good CG. I don't know if they CGI or they just like move the mouth, but whatever they do a they really did something. Good, that that cat is really well done. Well, the thing is, the cat if a cat could actually talk, like would move in that manner yeah. to actually form the words. The proportions of the cat CGI are you know just animated. 
they're correct. It's correct. not like a oh fake cat. Like it, it blends in with the scene. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not sitting there going, oh my god, how did they move Mister Ed's mouth? Right. Uh, but I always <laughs> say, no. yes, it was. It was peanut butter. Yes, it was. If those that don't know, Mister Ed was the show Mister Ed the Talking Horse, uh-huh. and they would put peanut butter on his teeth, and he would lick them off, and it would make it look like he was that. Uh, we would Talking. like to say right now that the bitches with beards do not condone using that we're just telling you film trivia if you want to cancel us please do but leave us five stars before and a very good review <laughs> but no so yes so you find Mick Thackeray as a cat it's a very good CGI cat this whole scene was mm. really well done the black flame candle never quite looks right until they did the dark saber in the mandalorian and it, I, I think they pretty much used the black with the white glow mm-hmm. i'm like i think even the hubs went looks like a black flame candle <laughs> <laughs> wow we haven't progressed that far <laughs> and also so billy the butcher is there or billy uh is uh, sarah jessica parker's ex well actually it's winifred's ex that sarah jessica parker had an affair with and as if you listen to the podcast silver screeners which uh, daniel and i guested on mm-hmm. we also pointed out that in the film first wives club sarah jessica parker had stolen a man off bet midler we highly recommend you listen to silver screeners that episode and any episode because we absolutely adore frank, Thank uh, you, frank. <laughs> frank. Uh, but no so yeah it moves very quickly at this point and all of a sudden i really think the film when it starts it starts yeah and it starts going and we move and Bette Midler treats this whole film like it's a musical without music and I think yes. that's why it works she is and they're all she's m- very over the top of her gestures her actions her movements her you know but facial they, Jessica Parker is Broadway Caffeine and Jimmy has done Sister Act at this point and told right. it's going to they're all they're all it's, it's a it's so it's not directed it's choreographed and I think this is why the gays picked up on it quickly yeah Alright, so while pursuing the children, the Sanderson sisters meet Benardity. Think Mama, welcome to the 60s from Hairspray, but it's been 300 years instead of a decade. Same concept, really. The Wicked Trio discovers solid rivers, aka paved roads, horny bus drivers, trick-or-treating, all before meeting an old friend. I mean, the master. His, um, bride is less than happy at the hijinks that follow. <laughs> The joke here... And it's a big joke. It's a big know. joke. So the husband and wife that play uh, the devil yep. is the marshals. Yep. If you, at this point in time, we're going to say the marshals are the most iconic siblings. Only kind of surpassed by the Wachowskis. Recal- the Wachowskis have not surpassed them, but they are also iconic. Mm-hmm. If you are gay and you do not, when we say the marshals, Google it, Sandra. Right. We're talking Pretty Woman, we are talking Laverne and Shirley, we are talking uh, Princess Diaries, iconic films. So Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall mm-hmm. are, or well, Gary Marshall also he did, uh, I actually read on the Valentine's Day and the New Year's Day, mm-hmm. that he's, and I have not seen Mother's Day, and it sounds like an interesting one, I, uh, I just see her in a bobcat, yeah. but um, they are this iconic Hollywood duo, mm-hmm. and like, Penny Marshall was an actress in Laverne and Shirley, but then goes on to write the most amazing rom-coms. Her brother directs amazing rom-coms. Right. I. It's so sad that they, they died very quickly on each other, didn't they? Yeah. 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 The bodyguard 
in Princess Dies with Hector Alonso. Yeah. He's been in all Gary Mar- everyone on Gary Marshall's films. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't He's I, sort of like the muse. Yeah, I I think like, the the rumour is they are, they should do Princess Diaries three actually. I do I actually yeah. think that and Sister Act three need to happen. Yeah. Because I think also Julie Andrew look, I think shit will get off the pot of Princess Diaries because Julie Andrews has not got much longer to yeah. go. I generally would like them to do it. Yeah. I think everyone's up for it. And just do it because he needs to be in it. Don't in Gary's name, blah blah blah. Yeah. But this is a really good scene. I think this scene is kind of funny because it's I love the I love the whole this has become a night of frivolity. <laughs> <laughs> but this also has the line Sisters and the horny bus driver. Horny bus driver. And they're walking down the street where they do the <laughs> We want children. Well, we can try a few times, but I can get you one eventually. <laughs> That line went over everyone's head. I know, until it didn't. <laughs> While the sisters adjust to their time jump in Salem, the children and Binks finally make it to the town's Merrill Halloween party, and no one is being a responsible adult. We've got Madonna in cone bras and a bad Dracula outfit abounds. The sisters arrive with Bette Midler belting out the classic jazz pop rendition of Nina Simone's I Put a Spell on You. The irony is she actually puts a spell on the audience, causing them to dance, dance, dance the night away. <laughs> This scene's iconic. This is the scene from Hocus Pocus. I used to go on a Sunday with a dickhead um, to a local bar in Clapham. Uh-huh. And there was a singer, Jules, and she was ex-West End. Uh-huh. And I don't know why, like, it would be the two of us in this bar and her. And I don't know, she must, I think she did it for free because there's no way they could afford to pay her. Um, but she did this song. Uh-huh. And I at that point had forgotten this song came from Hocus Pocus because mm-hmm. I would not seen it for so long uh-huh. and she would do I put a spell on you and then she'd have a couple of people come up with her her friends who would be in the audience sort right, of thing. Right. but totally iconic I think the dad also is really hot as Dracula <laughs> you think the dad is hot as Dracula oh my gosh no because right. in the real life he puts it he goes hi I want to suck your blood but the film is literally epitomised by the mum in the conal Madonna bra. <laughs> She's like, what? It's covered. <laughs> it is... It's such an iconic scene. Um, well, I mean, drag queens constantly recreate it. Yeah. I just... I love it. I actually want to ask you this, though. Uh-huh. So, they've just moved to this town. They've got tickets for this big party. Uh-huh. Um, is this a thing? I guess it could be a thing. But I don't you're know. Not, you've not heard of it over here. So, yeah, again, yeah. I think the main one's actually, this is their first episode, is, um, hi, I'm Max. I uh, came out here nine years ago, and Daniel is a born and bred American. Right. So, occasionally I ask him, like, questions, and my husband gets a lot of them as well. He's like, you know, like, it, would the mayor put on a big party that's ticketed sort of thing? And they everyone might. goes, yeah. But it's not like an, it's not like a cop. It, it could happen, but it's not a, a thing you know of, like in your town. So, I mean, with them being based in Salem, it would actually make sense of all the cities mm. in the US to have a Halloween party would be Salem, like, with the witch trials. So, it's not far-fetched. Not far. My favourite, though, is there's three women of colour in the background dressed as the Ronettes right. and you're like they know what they were trying to do <laughs> and that's where I'm going to leave it yeah I'm like <laughs> I mean they all gorgeous in them fucking dresses but I'm like 
so there's three random women just dressed as the Ronettes in the backgrounds. I'm guessing they needed some diversity and they're like, how do we just not like that? But I do, I also love the fact it's meant to be like a ticketed event and the kids just walk straight in. Right. Kids, what are you doing here? And the mummy's like so happy to see him. Like, if my, if, I, if my parents had a ticketed party, they'd be like, no. Yeah. This is my night away from you. Where the fuck is your babysitter? <laughs> what is going on? Good thing it's my nan never drunk. So she's going to be, is your nan drinking again? And she was always a bus rider, right? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so sniffing out the children, the witchy trio track the kids down to the school. Taunted by a PA system, again, modernity, modernity, again, modernity, again, maternity, in its, <laughs> again, the modern world in its, its heart, uh, the three are lured into a pottery class kiln. And a trap everyone saw coming, the kids lock the doors tight, have a kiki, and turn on the furnace, with it sa- being bye-bye to the Sanderson sisters. Which is how they advertise easy-bake ovens. You can burn witches. <laughs> We had a PA system at our school, and uh-huh. it didn't work. Oh. Like, no one ever used it. If a message got sent around, someone had to run to 300 classrooms. Are you kidding? Are you... You're not kidding. Daniel, I've always... I, the one thing is, I know I've got a bad sense of humour, but if I have a stupid story, I always say that I never have to make stuff up. We had we called it GT Pupil, and it was basically every half... Like, for half a lesson, uh-huh. someone's turn would be to go down in reception... And you would help reception out, duty people. Uh-huh. And it meant going to spread like this. The news. I always forgot. I was a very good student, uh-huh. and I hated duty people. Uh-huh. And the receptionist always had to come up to my classroom and go, Where's Max? <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't want to do it. I want to learn. <laughs> and then a friend, Ollie. Lawrence, I need the education people. Who also, Ollie Lawrence, who also has a very great podcast called Protect and Serve about being a copper. Um, he always said Max I'll do your duty people for you and they're like and if they had to come to the classroom though you had to go like uh-huh. you could not just send someone else down to do duty people and I fucking hated it and you have to go into people's classrooms and then one day like the school bullies like forgot his like fucking football cleats uh-huh. and I had to go and hand them to him and I said your mum gave me these to you and he looked at me and I was like mm, I'm gonna fuck that <laughs> so we did not have a PA system so if this was an English school uh, the little kid comes over and goes Ha ha, Sanderson sisters, come this way. <laughs> come this way. Come to the furnace. Reveling in their victory, the three and the Binks go home. Little do they know that the Sanderson sisters have survived. That easy bake oven light bulb does not get that hot. No, it doesn't. Alison opens up the spell book in an attempt to reverse Binks' curse. This isn't before the Sanderson sisters are able to see the ray of light brought to you by Madonna shine out a book revealing their location. Booms and vacuums away as the witches take flight and attack the house. This bit, like, again, she opens a book and a fucking light beams out, which is half the wattage of a normal modern iPhone. Yeah. And no, and, 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 and the cat has to close it. You're like, uh, if I went, hey, Daniel, read this book. Ah, oh, Daniel would be like, fucking close that shit. I mean... No, How you wouldn't be about. Like, oh, wait, is Bette Midler coming? <laughs> is she coming? Is she is coming? Where's Bette? Where's Bette? Bette, please come. But Bette, I like, loved you in the rose. It's like, how did you not realise that the light was coming out of it and that maybe this is a bad idea? Oh, this is pretty. And turns page. Oh, this is pretty. Oh, oh, here's chicken French right here. This is the recipe that they were using. Wheat flour. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. no. Um, yeah, there's, there, there, there is like, and you forget, I 
do though believe there's a difference if kids films is uh-huh. they there's times when they don't need to explain stuff and let's right. face it Power Rangers is one of them uh-huh. but there's other times where they just act like kids are stupid and that's a and this was one of those um, it was like honey honey special awareness and they also as an adult now who recently asked to buy a new bed set uh-huh. cheers um, <laughs> knowing how much like a new bed set costs and just how much the world costs when they blow up that roof, I'm like, oh my god, the parents were so pissed. That's their fucking vacation for the year gone. No, I'm sitting here because it's a historic house, and I'm like, that's at least twenty thousand dollars minimum right there. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and there is no way that Geico are going to cover that because Geico, and I'm going to say this, cover fuck all. Keep away from Geico. They don't cover witches. They don't cover witches. They don't also cover towing from another state. <laughs> god. I'm not. I'm. I, that is. You're not bitter. I'm. I'm. I. I you are bitter. I'm very bitter. <laughs> I know that, you're bitter. Hey, Geico. Hey, Gordon Gecko. You owe me thirteen hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So the the Geico Gecko blows up the roof. <laughs> right. Straight through. Straight through the roof. So back at the Sanderson Hall. Uh, by the way, that costs uh, two thousand six hundred a month on Zoom. <laughs> oh, there you go. Danny is imprisoned and offending her captors. The brew is a bubbling, and SJP flies over Salem, calling all the children. It's a lovely scene. I like her. I like her little voice. Yeah. What will happen next? A fast-thinking Max and Allison use the power of daylight savings time, headlights, and color film to distract the witches, and are able to rescue Danny while knocking over the potion. I mean, we think we're going somewhere with this. We think we are going somewhere with this, but the film is not over yet. I know. And also, that's soup for a week. I mean, that is... That's at least two weeks worth that's of soup. That was two weeks worth of fucking uh, batch cooking. Yeah. They have meal prepped, and that little cunt has been like, they're going to push it over. I get, do you know what? I think Bet does a really good carrot and cauliflower. I could see her doing yeah. that. So this bit here, like, I, I did like the trick with the daylight savings. And mm. I think this is, again, Chekhov's gun. Yeah. The idea they do not understand the modern world, so they brought in the headlights. Yeah, you have to. Because 300 years. Danny's captured. Everyone's coming. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a bit like the Power Rangers movie. They've been the Power Rangers movie. The parents have learned to the death, not the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's walking. And that was also a huge trope in the 90s of just having extras walking like zombies. Yeah. yeah it it really was, was actually now. Because there's things they say for 90s movies that scared us. Like, everyone was scared of quicksand. And that actually doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> oh, it does, but not in a capacity that they... There's a lot less quicksand than I thought there was going to be. I was led to believe it was everywhere. I mean, I thought in the dog's bed was quicksand. <laughs> it's not over yet, though. So Winifred only has eyes for one child, Danny, and Wrath will be her downfall. The trio of Haints chase the Motley crew back into the cemetery where the salt rings and battle lines are drawn. I just have to say, though, the wire work in this scene was epic. They really did good jobs. Lightning bolts are shot here and there and a sacrifice is made to save Danny. The Sanders have the upper hand until the sun rises, turning his sisters to stone. Actually, one turns to stone, Daniel. You wrote this wrong. I'm sorry I got one of them wrong. Anyways, the film concludes with the sharing of the 90s Disney theme of the magic of family. And that's how we end. Cheers. Cheers. So, mm, this scene, the final shot has been dubbed over with Lion King. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The final is, it ends really well. The idea is the kids all come, they, they, they stop them, 
they don't get to suck the life out of a child they can't live forever and then Kathy Najimi and Sarah Jessica Parker have this really cool like zoom 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 death oh yeah poof and they seem generally scared I actually think because you're never quite sure how evil they are yeah and actually I think the second film rectifies a lot of like you realise that they they, they they are scorned women yeah and they're doing it for vengeance because no one likes them so why should they like their children yeah and actually I think if you see the third one the second one they're doing the third one apparently but mm. the second one where at the end of it she offers to die because she loses her sisters is yeah. really sad actually yeah I don't know why we should come back for that scene that's just me saying that anyway mm, I agree but no the end bit and then that real how she becomes stone is again so photoshop 90s yes because it's like the twisted distortion to get to that moment of like agony of turning to stone yes remember it's it's, like uh, daniel yes how do you feel about hocus pocus it's a cult classic for a reason it's a holiday tradition that i will keep watching um, is it a gay movie? I think it's a gay movie, yes. Yeah, I think it's... It, I, I think it's a story about the outsiders. If we want to look at the Sanderson sisters, they're outsiders. They're wonderful. We love them. And they're fabulous. They're fabulous. It is such an interesting film because I think it is, again... Your dad let you watch it because it was Bette Midler, but it um, is the... It is the movie, I wasn't gay until I watched Hocus Pocus because it is three iconic... Absolutely, Bette Midler is icon of all icons. She started her fucking career singing in bathhouses with Barry Manilow. Yeah, you know, and loved it. You know, you've got Sarah Jessica Parker who became the epitome of. Let's face it, our generation is fucked up because we all thought we were going to have mortgages, or we all thought we were going to move. We all thought we were going to move to New York City, fall in love, and then get a mortgage. Yeah, you know. And then Kathy and Jimmy was just the out. She always played the outsider character. Mm -hmm. You know, she did. Um, when she auditioned for Sister Act she did that voice because she was like well I'm not going to get this part I can't sing so I'll just do the opera a bit and think that's it and they said no we love how you've done that well but she also has a warm stir which is why you know she's in everything like yeah and that was it and she she is that it it just is and yeah the film itself is so funny that you know I think that you're meant to root for Max and all that and I don't obviously no one wants to root for the fact all the kids are going to die but I don't know some kids I'm some like, kids in that town I'm fucking greedy that little shit so fucking stole the broomsticks yeah who like, fucking picks up a broomstick and steals it through a fucking floor kid yeah but I know I, I said I think every time I watch this film it does actually make me feel full like as, as we're saying yeah. this now because we've got uh, the breeze the breeze is coming through the wind's coming through and the dogs are asleep and we're drinking um, cider and champagne but no, I I still give this... I will give this film five rooms out of five broomsticks. Yeah, same, same. Uh, but no, I think that is all we can say. But no, go check it out. And also, Hocus Pocus 2 is really good. It got a lot of bad reviews because I think people watch Hocus Pocus 1 and then forgot that actually they watched Hocus Pocus 1 as a child. Yeah. <laughs> 2 doesn't have... I, I, I wish they'd done a bit in that one. They, they don't have as much of a good dance number when they do yeah. uh, one way or another yeah. and I just think I love that song I just don't think it has that campiness of that I yeah. did like the witch's back number they oh, did yeah. yeah but I do 
I think that they do a really good job with the sequel and I kind of like to think it's a legacy series now where because yeah. well, the, the, the joke sorry, is that with Bette Midler and Sir Jessica Park and Kathy and Jamie they're like oh the, the studio will go well we, we keep thinking about doing one and they go we're, we're still up for it like yeah. we like each other we're yeah. really good friends can you we, 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 you're going to have no issue we, we yeah. Give us the paperwork. We we'll have sign to. It. We, have, we have to pay. Yeah, put the contract yeah. down. Yeah, we will sign on the dotted line. So, will you keep watching every year? I'll keep watching it every year. Yes. Will you yeah. keep watching it every year? Yeah, okay. I think I watched. Probably watched. I watched both of them again. Bobby, this. It's not. It doesn't feel quite Halloweeny yet. I'd say give it another week. Another week. Yeah. Do you have any more opinions? No, I'm all out of them. I barely set the agenda on this one. Okay. Cheers. You've been listening to Bitches With Beards. I've been Max. And I'm Daniel. A big thanks to you all for tuning in and giving us a listen. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please remember that only a mother could love our views and opinions. They reflect us and no one else. All music and clips are used under fair use. We'll see you next week, unless we're cancelled. Cheers. Cheers.